Next on BYU Sports Nation, great expectations. What if BYU were to join the AAC? Does that really mean championships and a New Year's Six bowl game? Jimmer Fredette joins the program. Is it Warriors or Bust in the NBA Summer League for next season? Plus, Notre Dame and BYU playing football against each other again. It's actually going to happen. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your Thursday, June 27th, wherever and however you're connected. Always great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who I know can appreciate lockdown defense at any age, Jerem Jordan. There was this video of this girl that was just hounding this other girl defending her. My only issue is this girl was not playing help side defense at all. So she was great individual defense, but she was a terrible teammate on defense. And yeah, we're going to have to work on this five-year-old's <laughs> defensive technique. With, she's got to she's see the ball yeah. and your man. Yeah, you can't just lock in on the one guy. You're a bad defender if you don't help your teammate. NBA Defensive Player of the Year for a second year in a row, Rudy Gobert tweeted out, Okay, she can just have my trophy, NBA. Yeah, well, don't give it away so easily. That's one play, you know? Are you going dancing later? Why? Because you like my shirt with flowers on it? Yeah. <laughs> you look like you're going, uh, like, uh, you're going dancing later. <laughs> Looks stylish. I, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Who, who knows? It's man. a good idea. Maybe I should consider Z- it. Zion Williamson's like, yeah, let's dance. Rudy Gobert thinks this shirt is awesome. He's from France. <laughs> <laughs> His style's different. Speaking of the NBA... Today's show lineup features Jimmer Fredette. He will join us live in about 15 minutes to discuss his future in the NBA Summer League with the Golden State Warriors and what happened with the Phoenix Suns. Also, what if BYU were in the ACC? A AC. Ooh, I, no, no, I no, like no. ACC a lot. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the AAC. Oh, yeah. Then what? And how many BYU teams would have been the best group of five team between 2011 and 2018, the Independence Era? Or just the best AAC team, too. <sighs> Huge conversations to have. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation Power 5 headlines. Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick tells The Athletic in a Q&A session recently, quote, We absolutely will be playing BYU again and look forward to having more detail about that in the near future, end quote. The last time the teams matched up, it was freezing in November in 2013. The Fighting Irish beat BYU 23-13. Notre Dame technically owes BYU a game because the Cougars played twice in South Bend in that original contract that they inked with BYU when the Cougars went independent. They have not played the return game. Just a matter of where and when it will be. Actually, it'll be BYU two home games, and BYU owes them two more road games. Well, there you go. Yeah. Price Jarman, Ben Patch, and Jake Langlois will represent Team USA in Volleyball Nations League play. This week's matches are in Bulgaria. Rob Nielsen will act as head coach for John Spra, who will stay behind in Anaheim and train with kind of the A squad. Uh, Bulgaria, Serbia, Iran starting Friday. Very cool. Brandon Davies scored 15 points, grabbed 21 rebounds, and had four assists in a Ugandan Silverback 70-61 loss to Kenya in the FIBA AfroBasket qualifiers. Davies and Uganda play again on Saturday against Egypt. Very cool. 21 Brandon, rebounds. We, we still don't know the story behind how Davies 
got a passport with Uganda to play with the national Yeah, where's but, the dual citizenship story behind yeah, that? Yeah, I, I think it's really cool that he's uh, playing for Uganda now. And Rory Linkletter is on the Canadian Pan Am Games squad in the 10K beginning July 26th. Linkletter second in the 10K in the NCAA in 2018. Second team All-American this season. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Notre Dame is back on the schedule. Yes. That according to... Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick, who is good friends with BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo. We've been talking about this, feels like, for a decade about this. Almost. It was 2010 when they signed the deal. When BYU and Notre Dame are going to play a game in Provo or somewhere in the West, it's just a matter of when and the exact location. Jerem, when you heard Jack Swarbrick say, we absolutely will be playing BYU, what did you think? I thought, sweet, this is great. Now, when they originally signed the deal in 2010, BYU goes into Notre Dame, says, you know what, let's sign a deal right away. It was a four-road game for BYU, two-home game deal. Yes, a two-for-one, twice. Yeah, a two-for-one twice, exactly, a four-for-two. BYU played two road games in 2012, lost by three, 2013, lost by 10. BYU's waiting for at least one home game. It's it's been diminished by everybody to, well, it's now it's a two for one. It was a four for two. So technically, BYU's owed two home games and still owes Notre Dame two road games. Realistically, what's going to happen is BYU's going to get one game. And that one game could be in Las Vegas. I But on the surface, I go, why is it in Provo? BYU played two road games already. Play the game in Provo. That's where I want it to be, but I would take a game in Vegas. I think that'd be exciting. And if that's the only way that BYU gets the game with Notre Dame and they don't up actually living up to the uh, the contractual obligations of playing in Provo, then fine. I think BYU's in a position where they've got a lot of good games. In fact, too many. So playing one in, in Vegas would be advantageous. More advantageous than, say, playing at Soldier Field or something which would be Notre Dame's neck of the woods. They need a game in the West. I'd rather it be in Provo. They owe it in Provo. Um, and Cody Hoffman's still open in 2013. Oh, uh, I was just, there, Jeremiah. I the was ball. there. You were at the game. Just throw the ball. Rudy, by the way, joined Countdown to Kickoff in 2013. That was pretty good. Cool. The actual Rudy. Yeah. That guy. I love this. I love this news. Because I'd rather have BYU play Notre Dame than get one of those – Empty feeling checks for a million bucks or whatever it would be for. Notre I've Dame never felt empty when uh, I've been given a check for a million dollars. Not a single time. No, it just no. Play the game. Play, <laughs> it's worth more to BYU fans and the program to play against Notre Dame in the West than it is to get another million dollars into the athletic program. Okay, there's the yeah, impact. Sure. We don't feel the immediate impact of a million dollars to the athletic program because we don't know what happens yeah, with that. I don't really care about that. But. BYU and Notre Dame, we can watch and experience, and it's in the West. And even if, even if it's at the Raiders' new stadium in Las Vegas, and keep in mind, BYU is playing Arizona in 2021 in Las Vegas. So we, think, the season. we think that game is going to be in the Las Vegas Raiders stadium. If it's not, I don't want to play that game. <laughs> Sam Boyd Stadium? Plays a dump. The no. city of Las Vegas knows that BYU has a huge alumni base there and that they would sell a ton oh, of yeah. tickets. Yeah, like, yeah. it makes yeah. sense. So if BYU's playing Arizona in 2021 in Vegas, why not play Notre Dame in Vegas in 2022? Which just so happens to align with a few openings on the Notre Dame schedule in 2022. BYU could play that game the first Saturday in October. Oh, BYU ain't picky. They'll say whenever, man. Okay. We played twice there in November. It was Cold. Or the last Saturday in October 
There are two open dates on the BYU schedule, and Notre Dame has both of those dates open as well in well, their 2022 schedule. Honestly, if this came out in 2028, it's whatever. BYU's two games in 2030. Like, it, do- it doesn't matter when the games play. Just listen, Notre Dame owes BYU a game. Yes. In fact, they owe them two. I just so want it. Own up to I it. just want it sooner than later. Yeah, and B- and BYU has been very patient with this. Tom's every year. I'm at the media gathering, and everyone's like Notre Dame. What's the it's update? It's been six years since they played. Yes, and let's it's do been it in 22 or 24. Since they signed the contract. Yeah, let's. Yeah. I don't care when it's played. Just that it's. Let's played. play it in 2022 or 2024. It's been long enough. Sooner than later. That way, if BYU ends up joining a conference, they could wouldn't have to shed the game, right? Yes. Now to topic two. We continue our look at BYU and the AAC because, one, it's interesting, and two, it's also June. If BYU were to join the American Spender Linton, what would your expectations be for the next five years? Well, first and foremost, Jerem, to your point, BYU would say goodbye to a lot of these Power 5 games, and maybe Notre Dame doesn't happen, so be careful what you wish for. As far as expectations go within the American Athletic Conference, in the next five years, and I am basing this off of Kalani Sataki getting to a groove and him having a quarterback we think is going to be pretty stinking good, Zach Wilson. I say one, maybe two division titles. Okay, they'd be in the West, obviously. The AAC West, so however that splits up. BYU wins one, maybe two division titles, and they sneak out with one conference championship. They win the American one time in five years, and that is ends up with BYU's first top 25 AP ranking in the postseason since 2009. So I expect one really solid season. That doesn't mean the BYU is going to be the best G5 and get into a New Year's Six Bowl game. Hard to know what everyone else is doing, sure. But I think they could be the best team at least once in five years and finish ranked in the top 25 because of Zach Wilson and the pipeline that we're starting to see. I think BYU's talent is consistently getting better. Yeah, and guess what? The schedule's easier. There's a chance to win 10-plus games every year. And sure. if if the ball rolls your way a time or two, you win the game or two, now you're looking at maybe 11 wins in the regular season or something crazy, right? It's way easier to have that, quote, special season where you have one or zero losses in the AAC than it is as an independent. BYU's chosen a, a tougher path, right? So I'm with you. I see a single championship game appearance. And I don't know if they win it or not. Hard to know, right? But and I, I think that they could get to one in the next five years. I think that's realistic. I really do. I looking back at the last couple of years, which we'll break down coming up a little bit later, what how would BYU have fared had they gone to the Big East that became the American in twenty thirteen and uh, they were negotiating. I don't know how close it was, but BYU was a uh, pain to wait, work with apparently from that end, right? And we've discussed that at length. Yeah, I I think it'd be fun. I think this is BYU's level. I really do. I think that BYU could be an 8-10 to 10 win team in that league a lot. And I think it'd be fun. I really, I really do. The Mountain West, we don't even consider the Mountain West in this discussion because that would be a sign of failure as, you know what, this didn't work, we're coming home, we're going back. It's never going to happen. BYU's never going to go back to the Mountain West. No, they will push forward somewhere new. Yes, yes. In fact, BYU chose to just do their own thing. Once it was clear that, one, the Mountain West wouldn't give them the TV deal they wanted, they gave it to Boise State later. They learned their lesson. And, two, that Utah was going to separate. BYU thought it was this kind of team deal. Once Utah had its best interest in mind, which is what everyone does, they have their best interest in mind first, and they left to a Power 5 conference, which was a great move. I'm peanut butter and jealous about it. <laughs> I wish BYU was in the Pac-12, Big 12, I don't care, whatever. Um, I, that's exciting. Like The idea of being in that league 
and thinking about what could happen is an exciting prospect. And perhaps that's an indictment on how BYU's fared as an independent. Had BYU had a season that validates the whole experience, we might be like, no, 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 this works, it's good. Oh, the rhetoric would be entirely different. But BYU hasn't. And so what that means is, man, I wish I, I wish at some point I, I could feel that again, that context of, okay, we have some natural rivals, we have some interesting games. You can still have your Notre Dame as one of your two compelling non-conference games, right? And go from there. I mean, at some point, BYU is either getting into a Power 5 conference or they're not. And then I think BYU needs to ditch independence at that point. I think there's this naive approach from BYU fans with the hubris that goes along with BYU's history and tradition that if the Cougars go to the American Athletic Conference, they will dominate immediately. <laughs> yeah, that's not the case. That is No. You can't expect that. UCF has gone undefeated twice and been in New Year's Six bowl games and yeah. a top 10 team yeah. and beat Auburn. I mean, they're they, 25 and 1 in their last 26. Holy you, cow. They'd be in the other division. You'd play them not every year, but almost every okay. year, right? Memphis is a good team. Yep. Houston is a good team. Temple's Cincinnati been is solid. Hoping to get on the rise. Cincinnati finished ranked last year. Exactly. Temple. Like, there are several good teams. We're wondering if BYU can beat South Florida this year who's also in the AAC because they play the game in Florida. Our whole thing about playing in the Eastern time zone against teams that have a winning record, guess what? UCF, Temple, Cincy, USF, East Carolina, who BYU lost to recently. Memphis, they're all winning teams. Man, Navy? Like, how many did I just name? Seven or eight that are in the Eastern time zone? BYU has one win and 18 losses against teams that finish with a winning record in the Eastern time zone since 1982. (laughs) What? So this idea that, that in three oh, years, yeah. BYU goes to the AAC, they would absolutely crush it. Yeah, I, I don't think that's accurate. Listen, I think if BYU's in a Power 5 conference right now, I think they're middle of the pack. Sure. Right? I wish it was literally middle of the pack, 12. Anywhere from five to eight wins in a season, overall I'm talking. If BYU joins the AAC, I think they're a seven to nine and a half Maybe 10. 10. That's the one season. Like, hey, they win 10 games, 11 games, one time in the next five years. We saw that in the Mountain West, what BYU can be, right? 06-09, BYU won 43 games. This doesn't mean, and again, there's this correlation that if BYU wins the AAC, they're going to a New Year's Six Bowl game. One in 65 group of five teams gets that spot. And only five teams really in the mix. Feels like that, but is BYU better than those five teams? That's hard to know. They would have to be in a single year. And they never were 0-6-0-9, by the way. BYU was never the best group of five team. This brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Number 14 is the average rank for a group of five team in the week prior to bowl games since 2011. The highest ranked so group of five team yeah. in the week prior to bowl games since 2011 when BYU went independent is 14. Has BYU been that caliber of team any individual season within independence? No. At the end? No. Not even close. Now, it'd be easier to be that team because guess what? BYU's not playing four power fives in a row. It'd be easier. Doesn't mean it's easy. What BYU teams in independence would have had a chance to win the ACC, let alone be the best group of five team if they were in the ACC instead of independent? We will talk about that I don't know that there are that many seasons that I feel confident of a BYU team being the best group of five team between 2011 and yeah. 2018. And I've looked at how the American fared and how BYU fared 
And so I'll, I'll tell you, I think BYU would have finished X okay. that year. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Love it. Our question of the day, if BYU football were to join the AAC, what would your expectation be for the next five years? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. Yeah, it is. On BYU Sports Nation. At dstot 50 in on Twitter. If it happened, I would expect conference championships. I'd expect a couple of good non-conference games a year and some top 20 finishes in the rankings. Even if it isn't perceived a perceived step forward, I'd expect steps towards getting into a P5 conference. BYU ups the quality of the AAC. This yeah, goes along with what I was saying. It'd be a quality edge. Sure. People expect multiple championships. Like, oh, they go. They'll automatically be one of the best. I would love to see how BYU would fare in that league. I would love to see him. Coming up, the BYU signee who made SportsCenter's top 10 last night. And Jimmer Fredette on his future with the Golden State Warriors. He's live next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Solano, what did BYU football and the More to Life Foundation do in New York City besides go to Broadway? Plus, what is Jeff Grimes so focused on? Check it out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is the great Jimmer Fredette, friend of the program, BYU basketball all-time great. Jimmer, welcome back. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. How are you doing? And we're fantastic. Solid. And I, you're always a busy guy. You've always got stuff going on. But now you throw multiple children into the mix, Jimmer. So how are you balancing your time with basketball and everything going on there now with two kids? Yeah, no, it's it's a different dynamic now. Um, you know, Whitney and I are playing man-to-man defense, and uh, we're having a good time doing it. But uh, it's, it's, it's been great. I mean, little Taft is three months old, and... Wesley's two and a half. So, I mean, we're busy. We're switching on and off. Obviously, I have, you know, a couple workouts a day normally. And then Whitney, uh, you know, rides her horses and does her workouts and her things that she wants to do. So, you know, we're doing a, a lot of uh, a lot of um, switching on and off and, and watching the kids and just having a great time. So, I mean, it's it's definitely busy, but I wouldn't have it any other way for sure. Spencer has three. I have two. We can empathize uh, quite a bit with this situation. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. What, was oh, yeah. the, what was the process like as the son decided to forego the second-year option, but the Warriors picked you up for the summer league? Yeah. Um, you know, as we got towards the end of June, you know, the, the sons had an opportunity to either pick up my option or not, and we found out that they were going to decline. And as we found that out, we, we kind of put the feelers out to see which teams would be interested and and everything and um you know golden state you know talked to my agent and you know they're they're very very interested and they wanted me to come you know be a part of their summer league team and i think a lot of it you know has to do with trying to see who i am as a person but also get them at me in their gym and try to see me in their system see what i would be like and uh what i can do uh to provide something for them so uh you know we decided to to take this opportunity so i'm grateful for it and uh, excited to be here you know, we we go and stay for the summer league and, you know, see how it works out. When does your training begin with the Warriors in terms of working with those guys, that team, and in their facilities? It starts today. You know, I, I just got here last night. And, uh, you know, today we'll take a little bit of physical, uh, do a little physical, and then uh, we start practice tonight. Um, so, yeah, I'm here now and, uh, you know, started to get this process started. Is here Vegas or uh, Oakland or San Francisco? 
So we're in, uh, right now we're still in Oakland, um, you know, at their, their old practice facility. And, you know, obviously they're getting a new arena, new practice facility, you know, coming up pretty soon. But uh, well, I'm here in Oakland and be here for a training camp. And then we go to Sacramento July, you know, July 1st is our first game. And we played, um, you know, in Sacramento for those next three days. Well, there's going to be a, a couple of Cougs playing for the Kings uh, in, in Childs and Mika. So perhaps there's a fun matchup there, right? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm excited to be able to see those guys and, you know, compete against them. And obviously it's great to have, you know, BYU guys, um, you know, in the summer league and, uh, you know, to have three on the same court at the same time is, is something that we haven't seen in a while, I don't think. So that's that's really, really cool. Jimmer Fredette with us on BYU Sports Nation. Just signed a deal with the Golden State Warriors to play in the NBA Summer League from July 5th through the 15th. A lot of BYU fans and a lot of Jimmer fans, for that matter, are excited about you and the prospect of being on a team like the Warriors because they feel like your game and how you have approached the game translates well with that franchise. How do you feel your game fits in with the style of the Warriors? Yeah, you know, I think it fits right in. Um, you know, obviously they uh, they get up and down. They shoot a lot of threes. Um, they're great in transition, um, ball screens, catch and shoot, whatever it is in transition. Um, and then they move and share the basketball and uh, really, really, um, you know, are unselfish with it and try to play the right way. Um, and that's how I try to play uh, throughout my career. And, uh, you know, as I've gotten older as, as a player, I've learned to play a lot more off the ball, being able to move without it, catching and shooting, and being able to play on the ball and kind of playing that multiple positions. And that's kind of how, you know, the Warriors like to play their game. And, um, you know, so I'm very, very good in transition. That's what I try to do. And, um, you know, so I think it fits in really well. I think it's one of the best fits um, as far as um, the way the style of play for a team um, is for myself in the NBA. So, um, you know, I think it's a great opportunity. And, and uh, now it's time to go out there and display. Jimmer, you've had some great memories in Las Vegas. And uh, so I, I think BYU fans are especially excited to watch you play in Las Vegas again. I'm not sure where the games will be played. Maybe you can offer some insight to that. But how do you feel about being back in Vegas specifically? Yeah, you know, it's, I've been to Vegas many, many times and uh, have played there a lot, especially in the Thomas and Mack Center and, um, you know, the Cox Pavilion and everything that's there. So, I mean... It's fun to go back. Um, you know, it's always fun to play in that arena. I've had such great memories there. I've had some really tough memories there as well, but uh, we've uh, had some amazing memories there. So it's it's a cool arena. I mean, um, the summer league is getting bigger and bigger, so it's always, you know, sold-out crowds and people that are coming to watch and, um, you know, be great atmospheres and playing against great competition. So, I mean, uh, you know, hopefully can go out and put on a show for some of the fans that come out and, and show up to watch us play. As long as we don't hear the Rebels chant, we'll be fine, right? Yeah, that's the worst chant, man. <laughs> I mean, that, just, that, is, that thing is, they just did it nonstop. Oh. And most of the time when we played them in their building, we lost. But we we had the last laugh, finally. The last laugh, the last time we played them. So that's all, that's all that mattered to me. <laughs> Indeed. Good uh, good memory to finish on, right? Um, someone, yeah. someone simulated you in NBA 2K with the Warriors. With Steph and Clay, did you see this video? I know Ball is Live put it out and said, "Teach me how to Jimmer the third Splash Brother." <laughs> I haven't seen that video. I haven't seen. It. I'll have to check it out. But oh. uh, yeah, I've heard. I've heard that a little bit. <laughs> it looked pretty nice, and I, I wanted to ask you about this. You talked about your development off the ball. Um, I, I I feel like in your career you've thrived when your usage rate is high. How have you tried to develop that? Where okay. Perhaps I don't have my, the, the ball in my hand as much, but I can still thrive. And do you feel like someone's going to give you a shot to perhaps have more usage? 
Um, you know, obviously, I think for most people, you know, the more times you touch the ball, the better you're going to do. And, you know, for myself in particular, but, um, you know, the last couple of years in, in China, I've really, really focused hard on being able to play without the ball in my hands and being able to still be, you know, effective and score the basketball. And I've done, uh, you know, really, really worked hard on that. And, um, and it's something I've definitely gotten better at because I knew that if I did want to make another run to the NBA, I would have to play that way somewhat. You know what I mean? Maybe there will be a team that will uh, let me have the ball in my hands some and, and be able to direct the second unit or whatever it is. But, um, I know that I'll be playing off the ball a lot as well and being able to catch and shoot and spot up shoot and move without the basketball is something that's super important for myself. So I've just worked on that a lot and I feel a lot more comfortable doing that now than I ever have. And, um, you know, so it's, uh, it's important that I did that. And, um, you know, I just try to find, you know, just try to find a situation where a team wants me to be on their team. And then from there, you know, you just got to work, work your way back into the system, work your way into, you know, the rotation and try to find and do anything that you can to just get on the court whatever that may be. And then from there, you know, show what you can do, show your worth and, you know, try to get more usage rate as you go. Jimmer Fredette with us on BYU Sports Nation talking NBA Summer League basketball. He's going to play with the Golden State Warriors from July 5th through the 15th. I know there's this understandable idea that, oh, this is a tryout for the Golden State Warriors, but the Summer League is bigger than that. How much of this is about just trying to find an NBA home by playing well in the Summer League? Yeah, you know, obviously... You know, all 30 teams are watching all across the league, um, you know, when you're playing in a summer league. Um, you know, my, my idea and focus is to come here to show the Warriors, you know, what I can do in their system. And, um, you know, I think that they're, they're definitely – there's some interest there for them to be wanting to be on their summer league team. So to be able to show them what I can do in their system, and that, that's obviously a huge priority for me is to be able to do that and, and maybe be able to be a part of their team next year. But like you said, every team's watching. So you just got to go out there and put your best foot forward, and you never know, um, you know, what's going to happen. But um, like I said, a great opportunity to show what I can do in this system and, and try to impress the Warriors as much as I can. And, and then, uh, you know, you never know who else is going to be out there. What's the latest with uh, Jim Rossity? Things have been great. Things have been great with Jim Rossity. We just uh, opened up a, a second all-inclusive playground um, over in Pleasant Grove this last week. Fantastic. And, uh, in the Discovery Park, yeah, and it's, it's, uh, it's an amazing park. So I uh, you know, want everybody to get over there and bring their kids over there and just enjoy a day or whatever it is and, and have fun. And, um, you know, we just had another successful 3-on-3 basketball tournament um, for our anti-bullying campaign and, and uh, continue to get more support and more people to come um, and get involved in, in our process and what we're trying to do um, all around Utah County and all the way in Utah. So we're, we're, we've been very, very successful. Things have been going great. Um, you know, people have been loving our programs, and uh, we're, I'm just grateful to be able to have such support in Utah for the people to really, you know, help us out and to keep this thing going and uh, to have it grow each and every single year is, is something that's been special, and we hope to just help as many people and as many kids as we possibly can, and it's been, it's been awesome. It's great to hear that. And, Jimmer, of course, the basketball tournament approaches. Your brother TJ is uh, the general manager. Dave Rose is going to be the coach. You're going to be an assistant coach. Tyler Hawes, BYU's all-time winning scorer, is going to play on the team. What do you expect out of Tyler and your guys in the basketball tournament? I'm excited for it. You know, uh, you know, you know to have Coach Rose come and help us 
help us coach is something that's really awesome. And, uh, you know, he, he doesn't necessarily want to be known as, as the head coach or anything like that. Um, he wants to just be kind of a coach and do this all as a collective group. And, uh, you know, but I'm sure once we get into the game, he'll, he'll have his, his two cents. But I, you know, one thing that I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to at least call him off at one time. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I've never had the opportunity, never had the opportunity to do that. So I feel like I gotta, I gotta try it at least once. You know, in my in my life, um, so that'll be fun. But I'm excited to have Tyler on the team. Obviously, he's a he's a great player, great scorer, and uh, someone that can really you know put up big numbers when he gets in the right situation. And we plan to put him in a good situation to be able to go out there and help us help us advance, help us win. And um, he's a, he's such a great guy. I just saw him a couple of weeks in Utah and talked to him for a little bit. So I'm excited to have him on the team, and uh, as well as all the other guys. And, you know, we have a great team and, uh, you know, my brother did a great job putting together this, this, uh, this team. And now, you know, being able to help and have it in Utah, hopefully everybody will come to watch us. Now, what if you blow off coach Rose and you call a play and then Tyler blows you off, then what? Yeah. See, I'll take him out. (laughs) We can't, we can't can't be having that. You know what I mean? Like, especially if I, if I do something, you know, blow off coach Rose and then he does that. And yeah, that's that we can't have that. So I think Tyler understands. I think Tyler understands that, but uh, no, it'll be, it'll be fun. He he can do whatever he wants when he gets out there. As long as he's scoring the basketball, I don't care what he does. <laughs> I would love to see that sequence. That would be amazing. You can't stand for insubordination, Listen, Jimmer. Get a get a twenty point no, lead, then not. you can mess around I'm for not a sec. Good at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Jimmer, let's uh, give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for the summer league and the basketball tournament. Uh, utilize it. We hope and wish the best for you, man. It's always great to talk to you, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. And send our best to uh, Whitney and your beautiful children. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate you, and hope to talk to you soon. All right, Jimmer Fredette on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Hopefully he crushes it in the summer league, and that whether it's the Warriors or some other team, is like, okay, we're going to let you be the guy off the bench, the Patty Mills, like, like just let him have the usage rate and, and see, right? And And I've said it before. I think Jimmer is a tremendous non-NBA player in the NBA. They're not giving him the usage rate where he can be the most effective. So I think he's most effective outside the NBA. But if he's still in the NBA and he's getting at least a decent opportunity. Utilize him how he can help you. Sure, sure. Yeah, we all want to see Jimmer thrive. Utilize him in the way that he can best help you, which is put the ball in his hands and just let him go to work. Is there a team that will let him? Is there a team? Yeah, and like you said, he's been working on uh, off the ball. I do like that he's in Las Vegas. And oh, it is the summer league. Because and it's I, the Warriors is awesome. I feel like this is kind of, I don't know. It's like this is like the last bastion of hope because well, all these things are aligned. It's like yeah, we let thought, him do his thing. I thought that with the Spurs, so I'm glad that he's had a chance with the Suns and now the Warriors. So we'll see. Coming up, did BYU make Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology? <sighs> are we going there already? Well, we put it out. So yeah. <laughs> and if BYU football was to join the AAC, what would have happened between happened? 2011 and 2018? Would they have gone to a New Year's Six? It's BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. We are in Radio Vision on BYU TV. Simulcast on BYU Radio, Sirius XM Channel 143. Here is the second part of today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick tells The Athletic in a Q&A session, quote, 
We absolutely will be playing BYU again. Yeah. And look forward to having more detail about that in the near future. End quote. The last time the teams matched up, 2013, Notre Dame won that game. Freezing environment in South Bend, 23-13. Cody Hoffman's open! We get into the ball! Assume that Notre Dame owes BYU at least one game because the Cougars played twice in South Bend. We think it'll probably happen in Las Vegas. Maybe 2022, maybe 2024. Let's go. Perhaps Vegas, right? Bryce Jarman, Ben Patch, and Jake Langlois will represent Team USA in Volleyball Nations League. This week's matches are in Bulgaria against Bulgaria, Serbia, Iran. Starting Friday, the head coach, John Spara, will stay back behind in Anaheim. So upgrade for former Cougar player and assistant coach and interim head coach, Rob Nielsen. Brandon Davies scored 15 points, had 21 rebounds, and had four assists in a Ugandan Silverback 70-61 loss to Kenya. Come on. In the FIBA Afro Basket qualifiers, Davies obviously a huge part of that Ugandan team. They play again on Saturday against Egypt. I read an article that called him a N- former NBA star, Brandon Davies. And I was like, well, he played in the NBA. <laughs> I NBA, I wouldn't call him Just a say, star. Former NBA yeah. player. Star, yeah, to us, he's sure, yeah, whatever. Roy Linkletter's on the Canadian Pan Am game squad in the 10K beginning July 26th. Linkletter was second in the 10K in 2018. What did Ed Eiston yell at him? Be better? Be great. Be great! And in, uh, he was a second-team All-American this season. Ed didn't yell be great at him, I guess. He was still great. He was a second-team He was yelling be great at Clayton Young. Be greater yeah. than Clayton. Well, I think Rory had the karma... Two years yeah. ago when he finished yeah. second. Listen. And Clayton got the karma this year and won it. Listen, second team All-American is dope. I think we're hoping <laughs> he'd uh, win the whole thing. I've taken second. Though, right? Or he's got a bright future in running. That is for sure. Going to make a lot of Canadian dollars. Let's play the hypothetical game, Jerem. A game of sliding doors, mm. if you will. What ifs? What is this, Shirley's? I put out a tweet late last night as I was up thinking and couldn't sleep. How many times would BYU have actually won and been the best group of five team in their independence era. We have since moved that conversation specifically to the Big East, which became the AAC in 2013. So BYU might have almost joined it. They were negotiating, right? From 2013 to 2018, Mm -hmm. if BYU were playing in the AAC, what would have happened? How many times would they have won the conference? And would they have ever been the best group of five team between 2013 and 2018? Because that's what it takes to get the ultimate prize for a G5, that New Year's Six spot. Yeah, I can't speak to that, but I studied the AAC part. So in 2013, UCF's 12-1 and and they're ranked 10th. Louisville's 12-1 and ranked 15th. I think BYU would have been the 34th place team given the team that BYU had. That's the, the only year that Taysom Hill started every game as a quarterback. Yes, Jamal Williams and Taysom Hill were sophomores, both ran for 1,200-plus yards. I think they could have been the 34th place team. Again, okay. this is pure speculation. Okay. 2014, Taysom Hill gets hurt. Um, I think BYU would have been anywhere from second to fourth because Memphis was the best team in the league. They finished as the only ranked team, 25th. 10-3. and three. Remember, BYU lost to Memphis that year in the Miami Beach Bowl. I think BYU could have been anywhere from 2-4, to four, perhaps number one. I BYU don't know. lost at UCF that year on a bogus non-PI yeah. call in the end zone. So BYU lost to two of those teams, right? So that gives you... Well, I, and I think... Uh, did they play someone else? East Carolina at home? No, that was 2015. Okay, 2015. I think BYU is the third or fourth best team over on the now two-division setup that year, okay? Houston was ranked 8th, 13-1. Navy was 11-2 at 18th. 
Temple, 10-4. and four. I think BYU is probably third place in the West Division. Oh, that was a great year for the AAC, 2015. Were, yeah, it was really good. 2016. Okay. This is the only year I think BYU could have, would, would have, should have won the American Athletic Conference. And I agree with you 100% on BYU's this. BYU is 9-4. They play eight games in a row decided by, or seven of eight decided by a touchdown or less. There were how many? Five or six Power 5 teams in that. They lost four games by a combined eight points. So you 12 points away from undefeated, right? Uh, maybe you're 12 points away from 4-8, and eight too, or something. But um, perhaps the conference champ. South Florida was 19th, 11-2. Temple was 10-4. Navy was 9-5, but 7-1 in the American. Uh, and, and they won the West Division. Remember, at this point, BYU is probably in the West Division. They would have had to have defeated Navy uh, to win that division to play in the conference championship. 2016 would have been the year. 2014 would have been the year had Taysom Hill stayed healthy, I think. I think that team is perhaps – well – no, I think that's the best team in the AC if Taysom Hill's healthy in 2014. If he's healthy, but he wasn't. But he wasn't. But he so wasn't. we have to go off the fact that he wasn't because yeah. BYU well, would well, have had a magical well, season. Well, hold on. We're asking if <laughs> I know this whole thing. I'm just so, saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's all speculative. BYU, we think if Taysom Hill had stayed healthy, it wouldn't have mattered. But in Independence, I think BYU would have gone at least 11-1. and one They would have finished ranked and been 11-1, and one, and Taysom Hill might be in New York for the Heisman that Trophy was, presentation. That was the and, max. We're not saying that's what would have happened, hey, but that's the high, is potentially BYU goes undefeated in 2014 because they played three Power 5 opponents. I'm telling you, people, didn't you love 2014? No one was going, oh, our schedule's too easy. Everyone was saying, we're ranked. We're relevant. We're winning. This is awesome. In fact, the hardest opponent on the schedule that year was Boise State, who went to a yeah. BCS bowl game or that? a New Year's Six bowl game. Okay, 2017, BYU's in the bottom half of the league. BYU stunk. 2018, last year. Competitive in the West Division with Houston, Memphis, and Tulane. They all finished 5-3. and three. Lost to UCF in the title game. Um, yeah, I think BYU's in third through sixth place in terms of best team in the league. Okay. And in 2018... Or, or, Okay, in, in the four seasons of two divisions, the division winner in the AAC has been 7-1 and one or 8-0. and oh. So to win the division, you got to go 7-1. and one. Could BYU go 7-1 and one in the American West division? In the next five the years, I think yes. I think at least one year. Once, maybe, maybe twice, twice, they win the, the division. One and a half. Yeah, for yeah exactly, yeah. which is where I put it. And then just maybe one conference championship in five years. Zach Wilson has an incredible senior year. BYU is really good. And, and then you don't know if you're the best but New Year's you don't know. group five team. But they finished but, ranked. But you'd be a conference champ. And listen, when BYU won Mountain West titles, we were all proud of that. That was exciting. That was fun. Okay, so do you want these bowl game every week type scenarios and free agency of sorts to it's not free. do what you want in 2023 or 24 when we think a shift might happen? Or do you want the context of a conference championship game for the yep. next few years, and then you deal with the repercussions of getting out of conference if and when the shift happens again. Yeah, you deal with it like everyone else did and got out easily. Whew. Coming up, which player does one national college football broadcaster say could be a transfer portal winner? And buy, sell, or hold Joe Lunardi on BYU and where they fit in his most recent bracketology. What? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Watch it on BYUSN.com or the BYU TV app. Listen on the BYU Radio app or where podcasts are found. Welcome back. Late June, and the energy is very high. Well, thank you to Connecticut for that. <laughs> the entire state. All of you. 
Let's keep it high for Buy, Sell, or Hold with Benjamin Bagley. Hello, Ben. Would you join the party if you yes, yes, wouldn't mind? It, it, it's Ben, not Benjamin. Just, okay. just All right. technicality there. All right, fine. I don't care. It's fine. <laughs> All right, let's start here. Buy, Sell, or Hold. Joe Lenardi not having BYU included on his latest bracketology. Uh, hold. Jury's still out. Um, BYU is a 19-win team that didn't make the NIT, and they add Jake Toulson. We think they're going to make a bigger jump than anybody else thinks. But we also work at BYU. The paycheck says BYU. And uh, I have these blue goggles. So I don't think it's too blue-goggled, though, to think that BYU could make the NCAA tournament. We think that's the standard. We think the talent's there. We think development from Connor Harding and Gavin Baxter is going to be such that, and the new coaching staff. I think the new coaching staff is probably the biggest X factor or Y factor in this whole thing. I understand why Joe Lenardi doesn't have him in, so I'm buying his logic because he has to look at this as, well, what has BYU done recently? I know they have a ton Nothing. of you got to prove it. you got to oh. go on the court and prove it. So right now yeah. I'm buying this logic. I think, like you, that BYU will earn his respect and they'll show up in bracketology at some point, if not multiple points, throughout the college basketball season. But right now I'm, I'm buying this logic because I can understand it. And it's more than just last year. It's the previous four seasons yeah, yes. sort of where BYU didn't make the tourney and, in fact, wasn't really that close. And they had the talent, or so we thought, to do so in at least one of those seasons. Oh, right? yeah, sure. One. Yeah. 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 Hey, one. Next. Buy, sell, or hold. Tyson Williams' potential as winning the running back transfer portal in 2019. This according to Rich Ciramello of Maxwell Football Club. He's the director of college football awards. Okay. I hold as well because I'm TBD. We don't really know what Tyson Williams is going to do or be. We hope he's good. He doesn't need to be great if he's great. Uh, that's a different thing. Then it was like, oh, man, North Carolina and South Carolina missed out. But trust me, we'll take SEC running backs. We have an open-door policy for those guys, man. Please come here. Yeah, hold. It's just too early to know. We don't even know if he's going to be the starter at BYU yet. Let alone a star. Like, if, B- if BYU names him the starter as running back and we revisit this, then maybe the opinion becomes stronger, right? He would, yeah, he would have to do like, something. Oh, okay. He's, we don't even know he's going to start. So hold for sure here. Yeah, like I'd set the over-under for him at uh, 450 rushing yards, right? It's just hard to know what different guys are going to do. Who's going to be the starting quarterback on August 29th? Hit it! Countdown to the Utes. Or starting running back, that yeah, is. Think, we know who the starting quarterback's going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Will the starting running back be Jaron Hall? Question mark? <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> Next. Wait, there's a question about the starting quarterback at BYU? Why are we not talking about oh, this? Oh, hold on. Boy. We already have the American to oh, uh, stir up the pot. Let's stir oh, up the pot in boy. July with that. <laughs> quarterback that? controversy. We did 2019. April, I think, right? Uh, yeah. Quarterback on the mind. Yeah, always, always. All right. Bra- buy, sell, or hold. Brandon Davies. 21 boards in a game being more impressive than Jimmer going 40-plus in China. Now, it, this is interesting. Jimmer in China in a domestic league there, foreign to him, but domestic there, okay. right? versus international play, where you have the best players from these countries, Uganda and Kenya. I think Jimmer's 40 is more impressive. I think uh, rebounding is a uh, skill you can acquire, and, and you got to be good at it. It's difficult, but I think scoring is harder than rebounding. How big is the Kenyan national team? I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> they can't have that many guys bigger than Brandon Davies, yeah, is right? Is Brandon that, like, the alpha that shows up at the church ball game? He's the 6'11 guy, and there's some 6'4 guy, and he's like, okay, that was easy. Yes, 40 points in a game 
is really hard to do. I don't care. I, I hear the Kenyans do have great durability, though. Yes. Great stamina. They, they, hey, all four quarters. All four quarters. Dude, they're I, yeah, excellent I, transition. I get that. Yeah. In terms of height, like, are they? Are those guys oversizing Brandon Davies? No. 21 rebounds happened for a reason. I got to go with 40 points. It's hard he's, to do. He's a good rebound. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one. Last one. Buy, sell, or hold BYU as the dominant force in USA Volleyball. Hmm. The? No. A? Yes. Uh, on the women's side, BYU is represented by one senior team player, Mary Lake. Penn State has four. Nebraska, three. Minnesota, four. Okay, so they're not the force. On the men's side, Penn State, three. BYU, three. Long Beach State, three. UCLA, three. Irvine, four. Stanford, three. Pretty good mix so there. BYU is a force, but not the force. I know you're probably referencing Heather Olmstead and Heather Knighting and uh, Ronnie Jones-Perry. And Luca Slabe and yeah. Rob Nielsen. Yeah. And Cert- certainly a force. I wouldn't say the force, though. Yeah, the coaches, if you add the coaches into the players on the roster, like there is a significant uh, fingerprint Amy of BYU Gant as an analyst yes. with Team USA on well. the volleyball sure. program. Oh, yeah, yeah. A force. Trust me, I'm the most biased volleyball guy here, but no, A force. Yes, yeah, A force, not D force, and yeah. that's okay. If, that's yes. incredible. If BYU uh, had won a couple of national championships recently, I might argue the force. But BYU has not won a national title in women's, and BYU has not won in men's since '04. Yeah, I think we're collectively selling on that. But that's not to say that BYU yes. isn't incredible yeah. and has a crazy fingerprint on USA Volleyball as a whole. Absolutely. It's fun to watch. It really is. I'm paying attention. We're paying attention, right? So, yeah. So. Okay, coming up, a live update on Cougars on the course. And our rise and shout-outs. We had a ton of stuff to pick from. Did a SportsCenter Top 10 nominee make it? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation, presented by... Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on a Thursday. Shout out to today's guest, Jimmer Fredette. The show's on demand via the podcast and BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Whip. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick told The Athletic. We absolutely will be playing BYU again and look forward to having more detail about that in the near future. Uh, they owe BYU two home games. BYU owes Notre Dame two road games technically. Perhaps that game's in Vegas in the future. Rich Sermoniello included Tyson Williams on his list of running backs who will win the transfer portal in 2019. Volleyball. Bryce Jarman, Ben Patch, and Jake Langlois, as well as assistant coach Rob Nielsen, who will be the head coach this weekend, will represent Team USA and Volleyball Nations League starting Friday in Bulgaria for a set of three matches. Cougars in pro hoops. Brandon Davies scored 21 points, scored 15 points, rather grabbed 21 rebounds and had four assists in a Ugandan Silverbacks nine-point loss to Kenya in the FIBA Afro Basket Qualifiers. Davies and Uganda play again on Saturday against Egypt. Track and field. Roy Linkletter is on the Canadian Pan Am Games squad on the 10K beginning July 26th. Linkletter was a uh, finished second in the 10K in 2018, and he was a, a second-team All-American this year. Cougars in the PGA. 2003 Masters champion Mike Weir tees off at 1025 today in the Rocket Mortgage Classic of the PGA Tour. Jerem, back to you. And Zach Blair and Daniel Summerhays are playing today on the Corn Ferry Tour in the Utah Championship. They're back home. Blair's even par through the front nine, tied for 22nd. Summer Hayes tees off today at 320 Eastern. Back to hole four with Spencer Linton. Cougars in the minors. Jacob Brugman, three for five with two home runs. Four runs oh! batted in to help the Tacoma Rainiers beat the Albuquerque Isotopes 9-8. Is he going to get yeah. the call up? 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe the Mariners stink, so. Yeah, I was just <laughs> postulating on all the outfielders. DC Clausen went two for foul with the double, two RBIs in the Orem Owls. Woohoo! 6-1 victory over the Grand Junction Rockies. Daniel Schneeman, two for three in the Lake County Captains. Six to three win over the Lansing Lugnuts. Oh, good to hear them again. Single A ball. Brendan Lund, triple A, went for uh, went one for three in the Salt Lake B's 6-4 loss to the Reno Aces. Jackson Clough, one for four in a Hagerstown Sun 7-3 loss to the Hickory Crawdads. No, oh, no, no, Crawdad, get you, boy. Today's rise and shout-outs. We mentioned this off the top of the show, but I certainly can appreciate lockdown defense because that was kind of where I hung my hat. Back in the day mm-hmm. when I was playing with Uncle Rico <laughs> at Northridge High School. I've experienced it. You're an excellent defender. Lockdown defense and shoot the three. That's uh, about all I could do as a six-foot guy. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, three and D guy. This little girl playing defense. I mean, she's listening to the exact word of a coach. Stay on your man. Stay on, stay on your man. Stay on your man. Courtesy of at Uncle Chaps. I felt bad a little bit for number 17 of the opposing team because she's just like. Oh, yeah. She's boxing one. I and I yeah. Well, I like to Well, f- I like the footwork. I, I like it a lot. <laughs> Okay, hey, mine goes to Jack DeMooney, the community relations coordinator for BYU football. He's getting in shape to roam the sidelines this fall. He's in his flip-flops. Uh-huh, uh-huh, he tweeted uh-huh. this morning he's running on a treadmill to get in shape for that. He almost took a tumble at the end. Jack, you've got to be careful, man. You're not, you're not that uh, young lad from Kahuku and Dixie and BYU now. He turns and, hey, hey! <laughs> almost Leave falls. the headphones off, Jack. By the way, rise and shout-out bonus to Sarah Jane Affleck, who was number three in SportsCenter's top ten for an amazing goal she scored. Yesterday, very cool. U.S. Women's Soccer Development Program. Yeah, she's coming to the Cougs. Awesome. Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating 50 years, answering this question. If BYU football were to join the American Athletic Conference, what would your expectation be for the next five years? At CL underscore living on Twitter tweets in, I would expect even Coach Grimes would blink before that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time. Show is Jim for dead over you. Conversation <laughs> continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYU. I think Dennis would be okay with us taking Jimmer for the day. Uh, he gets it. We rarely have him on. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to another former number 63, Calvin Close. Offensive lineman. We'll see you tomorrow for BYU Sports Nation at noon Eastern. Go Cougs.